Good morning. No matter how bad our sin is, our Savior's better, isn't he? Yeah. Psalm 67 is our scripture reading this morning. Psalm 67. If you're unfamiliar with scripture, uh, there should be a, a black Bible in the pew in front of you, and you can find this text on page uh, 481. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Salah. That your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Salah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Let's pray. Father, you are the only one in all of the universe that is worthy to be praised and honored and worshiped and adored. And we pray that this morning you are pleased with our worship as we exalt you. Give power and conviction and blessing to the preaching of the word this morning. Father, give your Holy Spirit Kurt this morning to preach the word with conviction and clarity, grant repentance among our people this morning, encourage those who are walking in faithfulness this morning through the preaching of the word. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, church. I had a uh, hallway conversation that I have to mention. I'm scanning the auditorium here, and very quietly, our brother and sister uh, Don and Gwen Mosby are getting ready to move to a much warmer climate, and I do not see them. Don's probably hiding if he's in the room, uh, but I just wanted to publicly say they have been such a blessing. There has been decades of faithful, faithful service, and they will be greatly missed. And if you see them today, uh, please uh, embrace them and wish them well and ask them to come back uh, often. If you uh, are still in Psalm 67, I would invite you to uh, turn your attention there. We will spend uh, the majority of our morning there in Psalm 67. 
It is uh, often the, the little things, the seemingly little things that we remember. It was many, many years ago, and it was probably 15 or 20 minutes before a service was going to start here at Gray Road, and I was seated over here, maybe about where my brother Jeremiah is seated this morning. And uh, it was a really difficult chapter in my life. There were storms on lots of different fronts. And I was sitting there by myself, just kind of lost in thought about all of that. As I sat there lost in thought, I noticed that somebody was approaching me from the front of the auditorium. And I looked up to see our dear brother, Lynn LaHaye. And if you have been here for a while, you know that name. Lynn has since uh, gone home to be with the Lord. Lynn was a pastor's pastor. He had a pastor's heart. If we had had elders in those days, uh, Lynn certainly would have been one of them. Because he was Lynn, as he approached me, I started to stand to my feet. At which point he said, young man, sit down. And because he was Lynn, I sat down. And he walked over in front of me. Huh. He put both of his hands on both of my shoulders. And he bowed over me with great passion. He said these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And then he just walked away. I have forgotten a lot of details about whatever storms I was facing that particular Sunday morning. They have faded in God's grace from memory. But I have never forgotten that moment. It was so powerful to have this brother come alongside and speak some words of encouragement to me. It was powerful because it was my brother Lynn. It was powerful because he spoke the very words of Scripture into my life. And not just words of Scripture, ancient words of Scripture. These words, these are the instructions that God gave to Moses to give to Aaron and the priesthood and to say, this is the blessing that I want you to say over the nation of Israel. Strong words, powerful words, a vivid memory for me. Many months ago, I, I told Pastor Toby I would speak on this Sunday while he was away. It wasn't until a few weeks ago that I looked at the schedule and saw what text was mine. And I opened the passage to Psalm 67, and I see there a, a paraphrase of these very words, a paraphrase, a shortening of this very blessing. May God bless us. Be gracious to us. Make his face to shine upon us. We like God's blessing, right? This passage that we will study together today asks an important question. Actually, it provides an answer to an important question. Why seek God's blessing? Seems like a strange question. I seek God's blessing because I enjoy it in my life. I seek God's blessing in my family because I want things to go well for my children. 
seek God's blessing in the workplace because I want to do well and be able to do my work well. We seek God's blessing in this place because we would love to see this place do well and we would love to see it prosper. And at the end of all that, there is this question that we rarely ask, that we rarely wrestle with, why? Why seek God's blessing? If you'll advance to the next slide, I want to give you a one-sentence summary of what I think this psalm would say to us this morning. We seek God's blessing so that His way and His saving power will be praised among the nations. We seek God's blessing in our lives and in our families and in our church so that His way and His saving power will be praised among the nations. That might not be the only answer to the question, why do we seek God's blessing? But it is a profound answer. It is a biblical answer. It is in black and white on the page that we will study today. And we would do well to consider it deeply and then to pursue it passionately. As we look at Psalm 67, I, I want to share this with you just by way of introduction. If you go to the next slide. There is a structure in Psalm 67. This is Israel's hymnal that we are studying. And there is an artistic pattern here within this hymn, within this song. If you look at the bottom of that triangle, I would submit to you that there is a connection between verses 1 and 2 and verses 6 and 7. Look at it with me. In verses 1 and 2, there is this request. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way and your saving power may be known on the earth and among the nations. And then in verses 6 and 7, the response to that, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. After deep and diligent study and, and really pondering over the words, I am convinced that there's a connection between verses 3 and 5. Let's look at it and see if you agree with me. Verse 3 reads like this. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And then down at verse 5, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. I think there might be a connection there. Leave that for you to study on your own. So we have this connection, verses 1 and 2, and, this, and 6 and 7. And this, this connection between verse 3 and verse 5. And then we reach the high point of the psalm. The high point of the psalm is at verse 4. This is the mountaintop. I would submit to you, and we will get there, that this is not only the high point of the psalm, this is the high point of human history. This is what it's about. This is where it's all going. This is the day of triumph. Look at verse 4. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you, God, judge the peoples with equity, and you, God, guide the nations upon the earth. That is the high point. That is where we're going. That is where this psalm points. That is where human history is headed. I want to explore this psalm with you today under three headings. We will talk first about the request, and then the response, and then the result. Again, the request, the response, and the result. And let's begin by looking in more depth at the request, which is made in verses 1 and 2. Let me read for you again just verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. 
this request, we should say at the beginning, is based on grace. Do you see it? May God be gracious to us. This request, fundamentally, its foundation is the grace of God. We are well versed here in this place and praise the Lord for this, that our salvation begins because of the grace of God. It is by grace we have been saved through faith, that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one could boast. But every good thing that we have in the walk of faith that begins at salvation, every good thing that we have in our lives is a gift from the Father above. It is His grace. If His blessing is coming into our life, it is not because we have earned it. It is not because of our own merit. It is from His grace from beginning to end. We pray, God, be gracious to us. The second observation about the request is that it is indeed made by us. Do you see these words in the plural? May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. As this psalm was originally written, as it was originally sung, the us here would have been the nation of Israel as they gathered together to, to sing this song, to worship God in this way, to make this request of him. For us today, the us is the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For us today, in a, in a very practical way, the us is the believers that are gathered here on Gray Road on the, on the south side of Indianapolis. This is a, a request that we are to make together. And that brings with it some very practical things, right? First of all, we need to be together. Secondly, we need to be together in this request. We need to be unified in this request. And as this psalm plays out, some things that we have already spoken to briefly, we need to be unified in this idea that we are coming together and asking for God's blessing for the end, that the nations would praise Him. It needs to be before us. It needs to be constantly before us, that that is the goal that we are pressing towards. It is a request that is based on grace, and it is made in unified fashion by us, and I love this. It is based on grace made by us and it hopes in a shiny response. You see that? God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. What is a shiny response? What does it mean for someone's face to shine upon us? Well, this is the, the opposite of a, an angry and a scowling response. I'm a father of five boys. They are familiar with my angry and scowling response, right? They know the difference between the angry and scowling response and the, the shiny response. I had a uh, Saturday here just a couple of weeks ago where I woke up feeling not so well. Like many of you, I have been fighting through this allergy season. It's been a difficult one for me. I have some medication that I can take that really helps. But my wife would bear witness that it makes me just a little bit edgy when I take this medication and just a little bit grumpy when I take it. So I had taken this medication to get through the morning. Uh, just before my six-year-old Tyler went down for a nap, I said, hey, buddy, I'm going to take a nap when you do because I know I've been a little grumpy this morning, and, and I'm sorry, and hopefully things will be better after we both get a little rest. 
we both went and caught a little nap, get up, I'm not thinking about any of that anymore, and I've interacted with Tyler a couple of times, and he looks at me about an hour later and says, Dad, you know what? You are less meaner than you were before your nap. <laughs> my wife would bear witness that that's often true as well, that I'm, I'm less meaner after my nap. That age six, that five and six age bracket, it's, an, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful age. And here's the other thing that's true of my six-year-old. If he's learned something new that day, if he's tried something and it went well, if he's made something that he's proud of, in this little window of parenting, man, it's really important for him that I see that. And I hear many times a day, Daddy, watch this. Daddy, watch this. And as soon as he does whatever it is that he's doing, his head snaps to look at me. And he's watching for a smile. He's watching for a cheer. He's watching for me to be excited about what he has done. That is a shiny response, right? Here is the stunning thing because of what we have in Christ. Because we stand in relationship with our Father, clothed in His righteousness. Because of the righteousness of Christ, we have this amazing experience of when we bring a Christ-honoring request to our Father. His face, the face of the God of the universe, shines on us. That is so good. That is so profound. It is so amazing. This request is based on grace. It is made by us. It hopes in a shiny response. And then let's read again verse 2. That your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all the nations. I would say this at the end of this section. It has God's glory as its goal. This request is based on grace. It is made by us. It hopes in a shiny response. It has God's glory as its goal. We want God to be glorified as the nations rejoice in his salvation and in his way. So I thought about those two things, his salvation and in his way. I, my mind went back just a few years ago. Several of us were in Belize on a short-term missions trip. And some of the believers there were sharing with us that it's relatively common in Belize for the, for the gospel to be proclaimed, the basic gospel to be proclaimed. What is very uncommon is then for people to truly be discipled, for people to be taught God's way from there. And you know what? Both things are amazing. Both things are wonderful. Both things are worthy of our praise, His salvation and His way. We want to see the nations rejoicing in the salvation of of our God and in His way because they are perfect. That is the request based on grace made by us, hoping in a shiny response and having God's glory as its goal. Let's turn our attention then to the response down in verses 6 and 7. We, God's people, have made this request and we see this by way of response. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all of the ends of the earth fear him. So what is the response? 
The first thing the text says is that the earth yields its increase. Again, this song originally sung by national Israel. I am certain that they had in view as they sang these words about the earth yielding its increase, the very practical necessity of the ground producing crops, of there being enough food to eat, of having the basic necessities of life in abundance, of, of truly living in that land that flows with milk and honey. My uh, Sunday school class, Tom and I, Tom Blackburn and I, have been leading through a study of the life of Joseph. Some of my Sunday school class would say we've been leading through that far, far too long. We're almost doing it in real time, day for day, through Joseph's life. <laughs> Central to that story is a famine. A seven-year famine. Seven years where the earth is not yielding its increase. I have no comprehension of that. I would dare say we have no comprehension of that. Some of you will be aggravated with me if I make you late for lunch today, right? Let alone a seven-year famine. Seven years where the earth does not yield its increase, where we don't have enough food, where maybe we're struggling for water, where we don't have the materials we need to make shelter and clothing. Seven years. And then imagine... The celebration when the earth yields its increase and the ground begins to produce crops and all of a sudden there is food again and those needs are being met. I think certainly though within the flow of thought here in Psalm 67 with the things that are said on this page in Psalm 67 along with the material increase certainly spiritual blessings are in view here. Why do we seek God's blessing? We've said it so that the nations will sing His praises, will worship Him, will rejoice in His way and His salvation. You know what? That's what people are designed to do. People are designed to worship God. They are designed to rejoice in His way and His salvation. People groups are designed to rejoice in His way and His salvation. Nations are designed to Produce this increase to praise God for his way and his salvation. And my brothers and sisters, there's been a long famine among the nations. The nations not producing this increase, not fulfilling their purpose, not doing what they are designed to do. And here's what this psalm rejoices in. Someday the famine will end. And someday from every tribe and tongue and nation, people will praise God and the earth will bring forth its increase. In very basic fashion, I would say this as we pray for God's blessing. The response is this, that we are blessed by God. Do you see it here? In verse 6, God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. We ask for his blessing, and there seems to be great certainty that God will indeed bless us. My, uh, my son, Jordan, and his beautiful bride, Shana, are moving back to Indianapolis, and our cup overflows. We are just rejoicing in that. 
they were uh, scrambling to find a place to live, trying to find an apartment, trying to find a house, trying to get their feet on the ground as they relocate from Louisville to here. And probably three weeks ago, uh, the phone call came to my wife with Jordan at the other end, and he said, hey, uh, would it be okay if just for a little bit uh, we moved in to your house while we kind of figure out what's going on? Why are you laughing? <laughs> so Liz said, uh, hey, let me talk to your dad, and we'll call you back, all right? So that night over supper, uh, she says, hey, uh, Jordan called and made this request. And I know you're laughing, and I get it. I really do. But I thought about it for about two and a half seconds. And then I texted him, because that's how you communicate with this generation. <laughs> and here is what I wrote. Yes, and of course, and as long as you would want to, you and your bride are welcome to stay in our home. Yes, and of course, and as long as you would want to, you and your bride are welcome to stay in our home. Can I tell you something? When Jordan picked up the phone to call his mom and make this request, can I just tell you with confidence, there was not a lot of anxiety on his end. And while he waited for her to brief me and awaited my response, can I just tell you with confidence, there was not a lot of anxiety on his end about what I was going to say. He was certain in the response when he asked the question, why? Well, I would offer this as a second point. There is a certainty in the response because there is a certainty in belonging. There is a certainty in belonging. The psalmist writes it like this, God, our God, we make this request of God, certainly, but he is our God. There is a belonging here. He is our Father. He has adopted us as his sons and daughters. And he has said that if we make requests according to his will, that he will grant them. So there is a certainty. As we pray this prayer for blessing to this end, that our Father will answer and he will indeed bless us. So that is the request and the response. I want to turn our attention to the result. We'll look first at verses 3 and 4. I'm sorry, we'll look first at verses 3 and 5. They echo one another. I will read verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. So let's talk first about the result in the present. The result in the present is that the peoples praise God. We ask this request for God's blessing. We ask for his face to shine upon us. We ask it to the end that the nations will praise God. And the result in the present is that the nations praise God. This song sung originally by the nation of Israel some of you may be thinking, you know, I've read the Old Testament and I've read the response of the nations around them. And although there are some, maybe a short list of incidents like this that we could make, by and large, it didn't play out this way. By and large, the, the nations around them did not begin to rejoice in God and His way and His salvation. 
They certainly saw the blessings that God was pouring out on Israel. But what happened? What was the disconnect? If you've read the, the Old Testament, you, you see this begin to happen. God's blessing pours out on the nation of Israel in unprecedented ways. And by and large, this is how it rolls. They say, God, be gracious to us and bless us and make, us, make your face to shine upon us. And thank you very much. God, be gracious to us and bless us and make your face to shine upon us and thank you very much. Not really interested in the rest of the song. So that by and large, as God poured out his blessings on the nation of Israel, not only do we see an overall lack of concern that they have about the nations around them, but we see this, this arrogance, this condescendence be born. We're God's people, and we have his blessing. And if you all would just stay out, that'd be great. How comfortable are, are we with the rest of the song? May God bless us and keep us and make his face to shine upon us. And are we content, gray road, to say and thank you very much? Or is it really our desire that as they see God's blessing poured out in our lives because it is poured out in our lives that they would begin to rejoice in his way and his salvation. And you know what has to happen for that to happen? The Apostle Paul would say it like this, how can they understand without a preacher? How will they ever know if we don't tell them? How can they rejoice in God's way and his salvation unless the reason for the blessings are explained to them? The result in the present is to be that the peoples praise God. I love this quote from John Piper. It should be on the screen. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Why are Randy and Brenda in Guatemala? Why Mark and Roxanne in South Africa? Why are we doing everything that we can to get Tim and Karen to North Africa. Why? Because the nations are designed to praise God, to worship Him, to rejoice in His way and His salvation. The people groups in those places are designed by their Maker to rejoice in the way and salvation of God. The people in those places are designed, their purpose is to praise God, and they are not. And so we go and we proclaim and we explain God's way and his salvation among the nations so that there will be worshipers. The result in the present is to be that the peoples will praise God. And then we come to verse 4, which is the result in prophecy. Verse 4 reads like this, "...let the nations be glad and sing for joy." For you, God, judge the peoples with equity. You, God, guide the nations upon the earth. This is where things are going. This is how it will be. God will do these things. He will judge with equity on the earth. There will be no need for a court of appeals. There will be no need for a hierarchy of courts because the judgments that are given will be right and good and perfect. He will guide the nations upon the earth. 
there will be no need to be concerned about the midterm elections and the change in direction that we need. Now we've got to get things back on track because there will come a day when God in perfection will guide the nations upon the earth. And this has been the plan from the beginning. Listen to these verses. Beginning in Genesis chapter 12, as God speaks to Abraham, and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all of the families of the earth will be blessed. Jesus when he taught us to pray in Matthew 6 said your kingdom come your will be done on earth in every nation among every people as it is in heaven. The Apostle Paul, writing in Romans 15, beginning in verse 8, says, I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to conform the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles, all of the peoples of the earth, might glorify God for His mercy as it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. And then at the end of the book, in Revelation chapter 7, we have this glorious scene. And after this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Every tribe, and every tongue, and every nation, it will be. This is where it is going. It has been the plan from beginning to end. I'll quote our brother John Piper again here. Hopefully you can see that on the screen. He said this, all of history is moving toward one goal, the white hot worship of God and his son among all of the peoples of the earth. Can I read that again? All of history is moving toward one goal, the white hot worship of God and his son among all of the peoples of the earth. I want to bring you back to where we started. We're not done, so don't pack, don't pack yet. Let's go to this next slide. We seek God's blessing and His way, so that His way in saving power will be praised among the nations. We seek God's blessing so that His way and His saving power will be praised among the nations. We seek God's blessing. Why? Is this before us? Is this in front of us? Is this tangible? Is this something that we are after? Gray Road, this needs to be something that we are after because it is the heart of our God that the nations would know his way in saving power and that he would be praised among the nations. Thinking the sermon for another day, we could have simply stopped and said, We seek God. Because can I tell you something, as you walk in his way, and it becomes a little clearer to me year after year after year, you know what you begin to learn is that he is the blessing. 
There will be chapters in your life like I had when I was sitting over here and Len came and blessed me where it is just a perfect storm. You have no clue how you can bear up under it. You'll have other chapters in your life. Man, if I could describe to you the first six months of this calendar year of my family, we adopted Aiden and Benjamin. <laughs> Jordan married a godly woman. My son graduated from college. Zach married a godly young woman. Jordan and Shana moving back here to Indianapolis. Jordan to be the youth pastor in the youth group where I grew up and where he grew up. Shana to be an assistant in the school where Zach and Jordan went. Our cup overflows. And now we feel the chapter turning. See some storms on the horizon on some different fronts. Here's the truth, brothers and sisters, as we walk with God, whether you're back here in the storm or whether your cup overflows because of your circumstances or you're somewhere in between, which is where we live most of the time, He is the blessing. We are blessed because we know Him. And He is enough. That is why we sing, and we sing with great enthusiasm. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering when there is pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Circumstances of a perfect storm, circumstances of your cup overflowing, he is the blessing that we seek. He is our joy. He is our strength. His way and his salvation are glorious beyond anything that we could have ever asked or imagined. There are people in my life who are uh, consumed with many things. There are people in my life that when I see them approaching, I know what we're going to be talking about. There are people in my life that are consumed with our president, either for the good or the ill. There are people in my life that are consumed with certain ways that we should be eating or certain things that we should or should not be consuming. I have a dear one in my life who is consumed with whatever the latest conspiracy theory is on the internet. When these people approach, I can think, you know what, I don't know where this conversation is going to begin, but I know where it's going to end, right? This is going to get rerouted to this thing that they are consumed with, this thing that is so important to them, this thing that is so central in their life. There is no escaping it in this conversation. Brothers and sisters, I wonder what folks say as we approach. And I'm not talking about in any kind of a obnoxious or offensive way. But is it said of us, wow, these folks, they are so consumed with their God and the way that he has blessed them and the salvation that he has wrought in their lives and the goodness of his way. I don't know where this conversation is going to begin, but I know where it's going to end. Somehow, some way, these folks are going to be praising the God that they love. That's what we're called to. That we would seek God's blessing. Yes, that we would cry out for his grace. Yes, that we would ask for his face to shine upon us so that our cup would overflow, so that others would see it, and so that as they see it, we would explain it 
in our family and in our neighborhood and in our nation and around the world so that people will see and people will know our God and his way and his salvation and so that the nations will rejoice. Let's let the psalmist have the last word today. Direct your attention with me to Psalm 67. And I'll begin in verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all of the ends of the earth fear him. Let's pray together, church. Father, many times as we gather together in this place, as we pray from this pulpit, as we pray in Sunday school classes, as we pray in small groups, as we pray with our families, we cry out to you for your blessing. Father, I pray that through the power of your spirit, through the ministry of your word, that we would be mindful, Father, that your desire as you bless us is that your way and your salvation would be known and be rejoiced in among the nations. May that not just be an answer that we know, Father, but may it become the desire of our heart. Because, Father, it is, it is the desire of your heart. May we long, may we desire to see those that we know that don't know Christ engaged in fervent worship of our Lord. May we desire, Father, to see our nation engaged in fervent worship of you. May we desire, Father, to see all of the nations engaged in fervent, passionate, vibrant worship of you. And Father, as we pray those things here in the present, we rejoice in the fact and the knowledge and the wonder that someday you will bring these things to pass. Father, burden us anew for the nations, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.